Welcome to the Bluff Podcast, where you get the bottom line up front and we won't waste your time. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Bluff Line, the bottom line up front. Again, I am your host, Command Sergeant Major Juan Jimenez. Thank you all for our, our continuing to listen in and continuing to give us feedback. As we all know, time is precious. Thank you for taking that time to listen in and provide that feedback. Today's podcast is unique. I'm calling it the Engaging in the Transition. And, and I say that because I have another special guest today with me. And what I'd like to do is talk a little bit about a transition from a non-commissioned officer to a warrant officer. Today we have that opportunity to have that special guest, CW2 Jesus Ariano from White Sands Missile Range, and I'll let him take the mic here in a little bit, but I just wanna talk a little bit about that and kind of preview that engagement that we're gonna have in our conversation. It's really going into how a non-commissioned officer kind of has a mental gymnastics in wanting to transition into a warrant officer. And it's usually about the six to 15 year mark give or take some years, but it is engaging in that transition to considering submitting a packet to becoming an Army Warrant Officer. The Warrant Officer Corps was founded on July 9th in 1918, when an act of Congress created Army Mine Planter Service as part of the Coastal Artillery Corps. And with saying that, what I'd like to do is go ahead and introduce my guest for today and let him talk a little bit about himself. So without further ado, I'm introducing Chief Jesus Ariano. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Sergeant Major Jimenez. I, I uh, really appreciate the time. Uh, good afternoon to everybody uh, listening in. Uh, a little bit about myself. been in the Army now a little bit over 19 years. My branch is Air Defense Artillery. My MOS is 140 Kilo, Air Missile Defense Tactician. And what, what is a warrant officer? We are the subject matter expert and the advisor to all, every, anything tactical. Now, there's two main types of warrants that most people are familiar with. One is obviously the flight warrant. That's a little bit different. Aviation is it is, is its own separate thing and, and um, really don't have experience with that. And then you have the tacticians, or I'm sorry, the, the, the technicians. And uh, also, also known as the walking warrant, and you know we go back to our branch. Generally, you're you're from your your feeder MOS is goes back to your branch, and you know you're expected to have a certain level of experience within your branch before you transition over, and uh, to to be able to to have that knowledge and and be able to become a subject matter expert in your field. So I I was that, I was a 14 Tango launcher maintainer, did that approximately 11 years. I was a Sergeant First Class at the time of transition. And, you know, I made the goals. I always wanted to be my launcher, launcher platoon, platoon sergeant. That was, that was my dream. I did get an opportunity to stand in for my first sergeant on occasion. And I got a taste of that world. And at that time, I was going to be looked at for master sergeant. Following year, my records were good. Uh, my potential was there for promotion. But really, you know, what makes what drives that decision? I, and I honestly didn't consider it. I was I was actually just got promoted to sergeant first class, and I was I was an SLC at the time. And a a colleague of mine, you know, called on me and said, Hey, you know, I'm at the schoolhouse right now, to as a warrant officer candidate. 
going through basic course, you know, you need to go, go look at it. And he, and he really pushed to, to go look at it. And I never really considered it because, you know, I knew where I was. I, I knew as a non-commissioned officer, the impact I was having on my soldiers. And I really was enjoying that aspect. And what he showed me was, you know, there are different levels of impact, you know, what you're, what you want to focus on. And that's what really attracted me to becoming a warden officer. And is you don't, you don't lose your leadership by any means. I mean, you, you bring that over and, and that's, it's really impactful on, on the units that you're, that you're with all the leadership skills that you develop as a, as a non-commissioned officer, they completely transfer over because a lot of the times you're, you're with smaller teams and you're by yourself and they, and the expectation expectation from the leadership is that as a warrant officer, you, you're conducting yourself alone and you're expected to accomplish missions completely by yourself. And, you know, you're expected to, to manage these teams. So, I mean, the overall, and I really specific about air defense, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very team oriented job specifically with my MOS as a tactician. I, I'm still an operator. I'm just a senior operator. It's one of my biggest jobs is to sit on the system and actually, you know, be an operator. So that really was overall what kept me kept me really uh, engaged in being a tactician is that I got to be on crew. You know, when you're a, when you're a first sergeant, you know, and sergeant major, uh, you're advising the the, the the command team and and you're doing all that, but you're you're not on the system anymore. And uh, you're, you're overseeing the management of personnel and, and it's very important job. It takes skilled people to do that uh, and talented people to do that. But on the other side, you need subject matter experts on the system that know the knowledge to employ weapon systems. And you are the answer to the last problem. When everyone in the unit can't figure out how to do something, integrate something, uh, in place something, and needs that that technical knowledge. You know, we are a network of people, uh, and 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 that's really the cohort. Right. Again, I know time is precious, and I appreciate you taking the time, Chief uh, Ariano, to come on to the uh, podcast and talk to the listeners a little bit. And we have a background because we served together back in the day too. So it's awesome to to see you as a warrant officer now, bringing in your expertise into the air defense realm and you know when I think about a warrant officer what comes to mind to me as a command sergeant major is a professional someone with candor someone with great knowledge passionate and an individual who continuously provides senior leaders and makes decisions that impact all systems around the world that are our warfighters operate day in and day out. So, you know, you do have a big job and, and we rely on you. I know I relied on my warrant officers uh, when I was a battalion sergeant major, Fort Hood, to keep us well informed of the system's capabilities, you know, where we sat maintenance wise, how, how long it was going to take to get the system back up, because all that plays a part in how readiness and how uh, we have the ability to mobilize and, and be prepared to fight and win the today's wars. So uh, you guys uh, bring up a, a big aspect to, to what we do every day, day in and day out. So where are you from, man? So originally from Las Cruces, New Mexico, funny story is that I'm I'm back, you know, yeah. I'm, my current duty station is White Sands Missile Range, which is right right outside of Las Cruces, New Mexico. But that's where I started. I, I joined the Army in 2002 and enlisted in, out of Fort Bliss, Texas. Nice. That was my first duty station. How many places you've been? Oh, I've, you know, I've had the, I've had the privilege of, of serving the Army in, in a lot of different locations, Fort Bliss, Fort Sill, Germany, 
multiple tours in CENTCOM covering Bahrain, Qatar, Kuwait, Iraq twice, and then even in PACOM in, in Korea twice. So, you know, like I said, I, I've, I've worked with the system in, in all locations that yeah. it's currently employed. No, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, for for an air defender, right, no matter what, if you're enlisted, if you're a warrant officer, an officer, if you're an air defender, you're going to pretty much deploy to quite a bit of places. And that's quite a bit of places that you've been in the uh, 19 years you've been in. So thank you for your service in that aspect, too. I mean, uh, and saying that if you're married or if you have kids, they, they always, you know, play a part because you're deploying or you're PCS and moving to different places. Well, so does the family, you know. So, you know, a little bit about your family, man. So I've been, you know, been my wife since high school. So high school sweethearts. We do have two boys. My oldest now is 15. My youngest is nine, about to be 10. Yeah, you know, it's it's traveling the world. You know, they've been with me through obviously multiple deployments and support, but they've also been with me overseas when we were in Germany and then also traveled with me to Korea when I was there the second time. So, I mean, that does play a, a big part in in understanding, you know, when you when you do make that transition and I'll, and I'll kind of go back when you do make that transition to be a warrant officer you you are making a a bigger commitment generally speaking it's a it's a six-year active duty service obligation or at so you know from the time that you you make you graduate your basic course you know so it is a it's a commitment you know and so that being said, is, it, is you're making that commitment as a family. You know, that's, and it's a great point, Sergeant Major. You make that commitment as a family because you're invested not only in, it's not just a job, it's a career, you know, when you make that transition over because you do have to invest a lot of time in your family. You're have, being there to support you and being involved in your branch, you know, it just makes, makes the whole journey more enjoyable. Right. No, and I, I would tell you that, uh, you know, once you make that commitment, and that's why I wanted to, to get a little bit of your background and kind of where you stood, because there's there's plenty of non-commissioned officers out there and soldiers that are probably in that same arena that you're in, you know, married with some kids, been in the service for a few years, and then uh, now thinking about how I can maybe extend myself a little bit more or become that technical expert. And, and sometimes you contemplate, because, uh, you know, myself, that I decide to stay on the uh, non-commissioned officer side and keep going you you make some mental gymnastics there about the 6 to 12 to 15 year mark to say hey do i submit a packet as a warrant officer and, and change and almost kind of start over or, or do i continue where i'm at because if you say you're a sergeant first class getting looked at for master sergeant and then you're putting a packet going in as a w1 right you're you're kind of basically starting over what what kind of thought process were you going to? Was your family involved? I mean, for somebody listening that's thinking, maybe I want to drop a packet. I mean, what kind of advice would you tell them? Man? You know, obviously the, the conversation with my wife, you know, that was that was very detailed of what we wanted to do. And it's, you know, at the time, I actually could have ETS. I wasn't even indefinite at, the po- at that point. So it is that constant choice. And, you know, I'm going to retire from the military and that is not a needed decision for one. But, you know, warrant officers do, you know, I've seen warrant officers six years, eight years, you know, and I not, you don't have to wait as long as 11 years. Uh, obviously, you don't need that much level. Of, you know, it, it's just when I transitioned over. But yeah, that that's a big decision. You know, do I want to 
do want to retire. And it used to be, and I'll kind of kick it back to the retirement system. The blended retirement system kind of allows you, it used to be you were all or nothing because if you don't make promotion, and that is, that is a, a, a caveat, I will say, if you don't make you know promotion in two years, you know, you're liable to, to be removed from service, you know, so you may not get retired, you're not guaranteed retirement in your MOS when you transition to be a warrant officer if you don't make promotion. Generally, that's not really a concern because the guys and gals that switch over to be a warrant officer, you're, you're, you're top of your class, you know, you're, you, you, you're already leading from the front, you know, so, you know, but regardless, and, and if that is, is a concern, um, with the blended retirement now, you know, if you leave with 15 years of service, you're still leaving with something. Now, when I transitioned, if you left at 15 years, you'd left with nothing. So it's a little bit different now. So that, that was something I had to consider that you don't really have to consider that now in this day and age, because the blended retirement system gives you something, no matter at what point do you leave. So, um, that was a big one and really making that decision, you know, which is which is a big one is you know I am a senior non-commissioned officer. Uh, you do already have, especially for those for those of you that are considering that are already a little senior. Well, I'm already here. You know I don't want to go back to the bottom, and it's it really is goes back to what I said before. What am I trying to impact? If you if you like what you do and your MOS is you you know you enjoy it and I have a passion. You have to have a passion. Right. If you're gonna be a warrant officer. You gotta have a passion for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. You 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 gotta like it. And if and you know if you don't, then probably not the path you want to go to because you're gonna be very very in depth with with that job and and you have to have a passion for it and you, you have to inspire people to have a passion for that job because you uh that's what we that's what we do so right those are the big ones really what did i want to do with my career because i had the choice i had the choice of staying in and being listed or stay going to go and warrant that's that's what really drove my decision no i mean and that is a big step and uh you know to all our listeners out there if there's somebody out there that's definitely interested in doing that of course there's websites that you can look into and you know you submit your application you get a couple referral letters well, a couple of basic um, qualifications of 110 GT score and you got to be you know be able to pass a army physical fitness test and meet, meet the height and weight standards but you know by all means anybody can do it if you really have a passion for it like Chief Ariano was talking about one thing I you know I just kind of want to tell a story because of you know my background as an air defender as well you know when I was a uh, 14 echo maintainer be out there having to, to fix the equipment and uh, when it broke down and and sometimes we just couldn't figure it out we'd go and change everything on the dang equipment that it was uh, calling for and and we just couldn't figure it out and as a last resort we uh, we never really wanted to call the, the the chief but as a last resort sometimes we had to and they were just so technically sound that they could talk you through fixing the problem over the phone almost and uh, it would work i mean they they tell you go change this or go change that out and thing would work and you just be like man these guys are really knowledgeable about about the system and when you talk about the passion behind it i mean you know there is warrants for every uh, almost every field out there and uh, you really become specialized in that field you get into you become the subject matter expert for that piece of equipment you know the ins and you know the outs of it and i was pretty amazed to see you know some of those technical skills that uh, the warrants would bring so I mean if you have a drive out there for for becoming a, uh, a technical expert by all means you know and that's why I want to bring uh, Chief Ariano on to the show today to kind of give you let him give you his perspective of it and some of the back and forth kind of uh, mental gymnastics that he went through but you know I mean 
eventually you're going to get back up to where you're at, you know, and, and get promoted. You're just like anything. You're doing your job. You're doing it to the best of your ability and you will continue to get promoted. I guess one of my questions that goes along with your, your decisions to do that is like, was there something there that that made you want to become a warrant officer? I know you kind of talked about that your friend told you to look into it, but what made you want to go ahead and go, you know, warrant versus, uh, you know, an officer or green to gold or anything like that? What, what was the, the fact that the warrant officer corps uh, kind of drew you in? Yeah, that that's a that's an uh, awesome question. So my decision, the, what really drove my decision is is what what can you what can you change, right? And what I wanted to change in the, in my branch. So we, and once again, my experience is tailored to air defense. And what did, what did I want to change in my in my branch? And uh, I didn't really have a passion to change. I love dealing with soldiers, mm-hmm. but they're in order to change things within your branch, you have to understand your branch, you have to know. And in the early years as, in a, as a tactician, you know, you do a lot of, of, of crew, uh, you do a lot of tactics, you pull out a shift and, and you're, you're, learning, you're learning the systems, you know, down to the beginning and you're understanding architectures and, 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 and everything. But as you grow within, as a warrant officer, uh, where, where, where it differs and what inspired me to continue is you're making, you're writing the SOPs, you're, you're writing the doctrine. You know, in, in early stages, you're really learning and understanding, but when you get to a position where I am now, you know, at the test attachment, I'm affecting change for the future of the branch. You know, my, my recommendations and, and observations, you know, are, are affecting what, how future systems are, are being fielded to, to our warfighter. And that is what really inspired me to switch over to be a warrant officer is just have that opportunity. You know, I, I love being with soldiers and I, and I feel that I'm I'm a really good leader. But my impact now is is to the branch as a whole and having an understanding of that weapon system as an expert. You know, and, and I'm, I'm very junior and, and just, you know, it's funny to say that, right? And, you know, 19 years, I'm very junior because you know, I look at my, my senior warrant officers and, and it's, I still am in awe with the level of just understanding. And those are my mentors that, you know, we're, when I have to give an, give an answer, you know, those, those are the people that I rely on uh, to give me the, you know, the information. So just that really was my drive to be a warrant officer is that I am making that change. I am writing those GTPs. I am writing those, those defense designs and, and that are affecting how, but you know, your weapon systems are being employed on a, on a, on a theater level. And uh, it's a big responsibility, but it's exciting. And that's what, that's what really inspired me to, to, to switch over. So if that sounds like something you want to do uh, within your respective branch, that's what you're gonna do, you know, and that's that's what they expect you to do is sit there and and, and give the recommendations of how how we're gonna move this branch forward, and you're the tactical expert that has to give that advice. Hey, I thank you for for that advice to our listeners out there that may be wanting to make that that transition and and help. Uh, affect change in whatever branch they might be thinking about, or even the air defense branch that we uh, specified today. And I would tell you that even as a CSM, we get tasked to to find and and help facilitate the field of the warrant officer corps. You know, so you know when we're looking at it, you know we're really looking at the upper tier non commissioned officers, and uh, and we have to decide like, okay, 
Do I want to keep some uh, some upper tier non-commissioned officers on my, on my in my corps? And then I do want to give some to the warrant officer corps. So we we have to make some big decisions too as well, and and go in and make recommendations to those young NCOs that they would make a great warrant officer from uh, their performance out there and the things that they do day in and day out. And and it just, you you start to see the passion that non-commissioned officers have uh, with the with the system that they uh, may be working with. For in our case, it's the Patriot missile system. But yeah, most definitely. And we see them, we start talking to them, we introduce them to the warrants uh, so they can start talking to them a little bit. And then also the warrants start seeing that that dynamic in the upper tier NCOs that uh, would make and shape uh, into uh, good warrant officers. So, you know, we are looking for the cream of the crop out there so that they can continue to lead. Just like Chief Ariano said, uh, you know, you're entrusted in small teams to to do what you do. And and that's continue to lead and continue to advise senior leaders on, uh, on what we should do. So, you know, I want to say thank you for coming on to the show i mean you know the basis of all this was to you know really get uh, engaged in that in that process and and allow people to kind of know and understand that if you're thinking about it and you're going back and forth I think other people have done that too, and and they've uh, decided, hey, look, I'm going to go ahead and submit my packet and become a warrant. So if you're really interested in out there, you know, the warrant officer make up technical foundations for our United States Army. You know, they are highly trained technical experts uh, who specialize in, in their field. So by all means, if you have that drive and that passion, you know, go out there and, and get your packet put together, get with some uh, warrant officer, you can get some recommendation letters out there, and you can get that career kicked off for you in the uh, warrant officer corps. Um, again, uh, thank you to Chief Ariano for coming on the show. I'm going to toss it over to him for some last words, and we're going to close out today's uh, podcast. But with that, uh, Chief, any uh, last closing words? Yeah, I, I want to say a really big thank you for having this subject, you know, having the support from the senior non-commissioned officer organization and and understanding the importance of the of the cohort of the warrant officer is super important and I, I really appreciate you taking the time and having the discussion especially for those of you out there that are thinking about making that transition and if that's if, if what I've said kind of goes along what you're thinking you know now's the time and don't don't wait as much as you think you know, when you when you do make that transition, you're going to realize that you still have a lot to learn from from those senior to you in, in the cohort, um, because these uh, these the the branches, uh, your individual branches, are going to have some very smart people out there. So, thank thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the time. Hey, well, thank you, and thank you to our listeners that chime in on the bluff line. Continue on, uh, and we will come to you on our next episode. Out of here from now. Thank you. 